0: So, this question came in from the YouTube channel, and this is from Brigan Free. And this was in response to the video I did on uh, cultural appropriation and Celtic spirituality. And in that video, I discussed how there clearly is a degree of misrepresentation amongst some modern pagan authors, not all of them, but some modern pagan authors are misrepresenting Celtic traditions. But also the academic culture of Wales doesn't necessarily accept all of the historical paganism that we find in the Welsh texts either. And in response to that comment, Brigan Free is asking... The English-British neo-pagan community, though misrepresenting the Mabinogion, however, do look upon it as an important document of a native wisdom tradition. Of course they do, yes, absolutely. Is it possible that the actual unwillingness of the Welsh Academy to acknowledge this aspect of the material means that the Welsh themselves are also misrepresenting their own cultural history. Oh, interesting question to get your teeth into there. Brilliant, I love it. Thank you, Brigan Free. Interesting name, by the way, Brigun. Very ancient Celtic name. Yes, there is appropriation and misrepresentation amongst some aspects of modern pagan culture, But is there misrepresentation by the Welsh academics also? Yes, the Welsh almost certainly misrepresent their own cultural history. And I would also hasten to add that this very simple yes answer does obscure a very complex reality. The Welsh nation are absolutely misrepresenting their own cultural history if what we mean by that is that our collective story Our modern identity today is always consistent with historical facts. The Welsh, like any other nation, will tend to uh, use oversimplified narratives that sometimes are in conflict with recorded history. We need only think of the adulation given to Welsh noblemen of the past, raising them up as saviours and protectors of the nation, Llewelyn the Last and Llewelyn the Great and Owain Glyndwr and that bunch. In reality, many of these men were probably little more than a bunch of oppressive thugs. But, you know, at least they were our thugs, but the hero-worship isn't really an expression of the historical reality. But, of course, this is true of every nation on Earth ever. Every nation of people... Every coherent community, every family, every individual reifies and idealises their own history. Of course we do. We mythologize our own history because what's really important in the story we tell about ourselves, especially in the story we tell about ourselves, is the values and beliefs we hold dear, not the historical facts. Owein Glyndurr, Uh, who was the last great Welsh rebel, isn't celebrated because he was kind to his servants and his subjects. He's celebrated because he's an embodiment of Welsh freedom and independence. It's those values that are important, not the historical reality of the man himself. So this is one of the prime functions of myth, and as I suggested in the piece I did on Yolomorgannog, I'm actually totally fine with this aspect of culture. In fact, I think it's a vital function of any healthy culture. We need powerful mythologies around which to construct our identities. We should, of course, challenge them uh, and throw them out when they become outdated and regressive, And that, unfortunately, is something that doesn't happen a lot. We are always resting on our laurels, I feel, in terms of the evolution of mythologies and culture. We are forever repeating the regressive and rather defunct nonsense of the past instead of developing and feeling empowered enough to evolve new mythologies, but that's another conversation. But the fact that we live in a mythologized world should be embraced, not rejected. It is the natural condition of humanity, I believe. Objective facts and histories are absolutely important, and we should cherish them. But so are national narratives and personal narratives. The stories we tell ourselves are just as important. Now, I know I'm not answering the question specifically, so... More specifically, is the Welsh Academy, our Welsh researchers, the Celtic Studies departments and universities, essentially, are they intentionally misrepresenting Welsh culture, Welsh cultural history, by ignoring historical paganism? Which is, of course, what Briganfree is asking in this question. Not really. It's fairer to say... That it's underrepresenting a small but significant aspect of Welsh cultural history. On the whole, Welsh cultural history has been very thoroughly researched and discussed in the academic literature. I would argue that the Welsh Academy, the Welsh universities, Welsh scholars have done an amazing job of upholding and safeguarding the intellectual life of the Welsh nation over the last few hundred years. Where would we be without um, this uh, intellectual tradition? Uh, It certainly served me very well. I'm very proud of the fact that I had the opportunity to be taught by uh, by some great scholars, and I really appreciate the thoroughness and dedication and diligence of their work. But have they really explored the historical paganism of Welsh cultural history? Have there been any detailed studies of historical paganism in the Welsh tradition? Not really. There's been some work, but nothing specifically on what we might call non-Christian elements in the Welsh classics. Now... Many Celtic scholars have certainly commented on the mythological potency and the mythological lineage contained in works such as the four branches of the Mabinogi and the Book of Taliesin and of and, and various other Welsh uh, classics but there has never been an extensive study of historical paganism in these sources but i don't think that's a misrepresentation it's an underrepresentation, but it's not a misrepresentation, because none of them will say that it's not there. It's just that not much energy has been expended on, on studying it to its fullest extent, in my opinion at least. And we also have to remember at the outset here that even though I think there is clear evidence for historical paganism, uh, and that it was far more common than we've currently assumed, it's by no means the most obvious feature in Welsh cultural history. We can be a little myopic in, our, in the fields that we specialise in. But, of course, Welsh cultural history is far broader than historical paganism. The heroic ideal and the Christian myth are by far the most obvious features of the Welsh tradition from the earliest times throughout the medieval period. Modern Welsh literature is another matter altogether. We have a very healthy modern Welsh literature scene that does all the things that you'd expect of uh, a modern uh, literary culture. But on the whole, Welsh academia has done a really magnificent job preserving and presenting the general thrust of Welsh cultural history. Even if they have underrepresented historical paganism, And, you know, there are obvious social and cultural reasons for that. I think it's important to say that Welsh academics haven't totally ignored historical paganism. Plenty of them have acknowledged it and incorporated it into their work. Brinley F. Roberts, for example, is... uh, one Welsh scholar of the 20th century who definitely positioned the four branches of the Mabinogi in the lineage of uh, ancient Iron Age mythologies. Um, Brinley Rees is another one who's done similar work, but they're not in the mainstream in that thinking necessarily. Plenty of other scholars have also discussed this historical paganism, much less so today. I think we have a far more sceptical uh, academic culture today which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's always good to uh, to have a bit of skepticism but generally it's not like it's been totally avoided or ignored it's just not been that well presented and it's not really a fashionable thing to do these days apart from sort of anoraks like me of course who are totally uh, engrossed by the whole notion of different mythologies uh, arising uh, in historical welsh culture I just don't think that there's been an appetite for it. There hasn't been an appetite to look at it. I'm guessing because no Welsh scholar would want to be associated, perhaps, with what they deem to be the very fashion-driven and superficial understanding of Celtic mythology that's found in perhaps the more pop culture aspect of modern paganism. The New Age movement as well, of course, hasn't done the whole notion of historical paganism many favours when it comes to academia. So I can understand why Celtic scholars would turn their nose up at the very notion of paganism in these texts because they obviously find it very challenging having to deal with the fairly serious amounts of misrepresentation that goes on in the New Age movement and aspects of the pagan scene. It's not going to do you much good in your job prospects if you're uh, going to associate yourself with the New Age movement. What's more, it's not that easy exploring historical paganism. Uh, Some of the texts that I believe are the clearest expression of historical paganism, like the Book of Taliesin and so on, they're not the easiest text to understand or discuss because they're so ambiguous, often intentionally ambiguous. Historical paganism in medieval Wales wasn't what we might call a pure paganism either. It was heavily conflated with Christianity, and often both belief systems came together in a type of hybrid. When we do have what we might call a pure paganism, it's never explicitly stated, and it doesn't always express itself in necessarily religious terms. In the book of Taliesin, we do get close to this notion of uh, a religious paganism, I think. But in the four branches of the Mabinogi, for example, there isn't an explicit religious nature to the stories. We have to put a lot of work into interpreting the stories to get to that level, if you like. So even though some texts may not be overtly Christian, neither are they necessarily overtly pagan in the religious sense. Which, of course, makes it difficult when we're trying to make arguments for historical paganism because they are ambiguous, it's not clear, and there's a lot of interpretation and subjective uh, discussion involved. Now, when... Paganism and Christianity are conflated. It's really tricky teasing out what is specifically pagan and what is specifically Christian. It's not always that easy. I think some of the medieval authors, the medieval authors themselves, didn't necessarily distinguish clearly between what was overtly Christian and what was overtly pagan. We see this clearly in the Book of Taliesin, of course. This idea that for example the awen the native spiritual awen of the native of the Welsh bardic tradition which is a non-christian concept easily finds its way into the christian mythology of the welsh and the welsh bards easily claiming that it's the christian god that gives them awen as well as Kerry twin uh, the patroness of poetry giving them awen as well the Welsh bardic tradition is obviously very comfortable performing this juggling act between these different mythologies. So I'm not excusing the Welsh Academy for underrepresenting historical paganism, but I totally understand why it's not the easiest thing to discuss. On the other hand, what some modern authors in the pagan community have done. And I'm not wanting to tar all modern pagan authors with the same brush here, not at all, because I think there have been some good uh, authors in the pagan scene in this last decade in particular, really good, reliable work going on there at the moment. So I'm not talking about all of them by any stretch of the imagination, but some of the worst have basically rewritten someone else's cultural history appropriated it in the worst sense and intentionally misrepresented it for their own gain several of these of these authors and I'm not that widely read so you know maybe I'm mischaracterizing many of these authors but the few that I have read that I found problematic they do position themselves as the guardians of an ancient pagan knowledge that just so happens to also be very palatable to a modern readership willing to buy their books. Now, of course, presenting ancient uh, texts in a palatable form is not the problem, but very often, I think, the misrepresentation comes along when the authors are trying to fit ancient Celtic sources into modern beliefs. That's where the misrepresentation arises. So there has been misrepresentation of Welsh cultural history in the pagan scene and the New Age scene. It bears very little resemblance to what's going on in Welsh academia, though. I think there is a difference there. I hope you can appreciate that it's it's actually quite a complex situation. And although in a very offhand way we could say that Welsh... Academia is misrepresenting Welsh cultural history. I think it's under-representation that's the actual condition of what's going on. And I'm far more in favour of their attitude than I am of the worst aspects of New Age books in the last 30 or 40 years.